You're listening to the Transcend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years, and in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trans in the Podcast. This week I am here with my friend and client, Annalyn Cruz. Welcome, Annalyn. How are you today? Thank you, Asha. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, school classes have started back up, so I am back to uh, being more diligent about managing my time and when and how I think about things. So, you know, for week one is always a transition and, and I'm transitioning. Yeah, I remember those days of the academic year kicking off and just how busy it could it could feel and just so much going on. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, thank you all for tuning in. I asked Annalyn to join me again on a, on the podcast. She is now a veteran podcast guest. This is her second time on the podcast and I'm thrilled that she has come back. But this episode is inspired by a conversation we were having last week about just being able to say no of entrepreneur as entrepreneurs of color. It can be really, really hard. And so I thought, well, maybe I should do an episode on this. And I thought maybe it'll be a better episode if I invite a guest. And so I invited Annalyn to come and talk to me about it, talk to us about it. And so that's why we're here. So how are you feeling about that topic? I love this topic. It's so top of mind and heart because I just said no to potential business last week, actually a couple times now. And every time I do it, I always have to pause and think about, do I really want to say no? And we could get into all the reasons why it, it could be difficult as folks of color who are who are entrepreneurs, as women of color who may have some difficulties with this. So yeah, I... I have some perspectives to share and I know you have a lot of wisdom to share as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it definitely comes up. I think it's definitely a woman thing, but there's an extra layer that's added on for women of color. I think also first-gen women, first-gen immigrants, first-gen immigrant women, just there's so many layers, moms, right? Just there are so many layers to that. And I was thinking about it as you were explaining, you know, your journey of saying no to a particular gig and where in my own journey have I had trouble saying no. And for me, it shows up as right now it's showing up as wanting to be helpful, even though I don't want to do something or taking on other work because I think that I can, or I quote unquote should, regardless of whether I want to, or actually have the capacity to. So how does it show up for you? I resonate with what you just shared. I think the other part of me, the additional layer is the people pleaser in me, the recovering, the recovering people pleaser. And I grew up in a family or in a cultural structure that was like, just say yes, right? Like, how do you get to the yes? How do you not rock the boat? And also as a person who has immigrant parents, it's like, don't leave money at the on the table. Like, why would you leave money on the table if you actually can do it or should do it? 
why would you say no to money and an opportunity to to serve, right? And to and to take on a gig that may or may not be in alignment, which I know part of our conversation last week was, is this really in alignment to what you want to do and how you want to serve particular communities and clients? And that was a, I had to take a hard look at that and, and think to myself, is this really something that I want to do? Am I excited about it? Are these the folks that I want to serve and spend my time? And, you know, and while I could have taken it on, it didn't feel good to say yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even once you realize it didn't feel good to say yes, like what was your, what were you struggling with after you realized that the yes doesn't feel good? Besides for residual Catholic guilt? <laughs> I have some of that too. I went to a Catholic high school and college, but thankfully, well, I shouldn't say that. My parents weren't Catholic, so that Catholic guilt didn't come from them, but I know what Catholic guilt is. Yeah, there, there was definitely some of that. So I think the, the process for me was, one, making the decision, but two, really being okay and accepting that I don't have to take every single gig or opportunity that comes my way. Whoever made that rule that I had to say yes to everything, you know, and I think it also um, was a way for me to take a look at my past behaviors or my past patterns of saying yes, or being the person on the team to, to raise their hand and say like, yeah, I could take that on. And I may have shared this in the previous podcast, I can't remember, but I've gone through workplace burnout before in 2019. And I vowed to myself after I went through that experience and recovered from it that I will never live my life that way ever again. And I especially did not go into entrepreneurship and open up my own business to continue that sort of behavior, right? And so for me, I think it it was also kind of a throwback to, hey, remember what it was like when you were burning out or when you felt completely exhausted and, and not in alignment with what you were working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a conversation I had to have within myself. And then of course, with you and the rest of the transcend community to, to be like, hey, here's some things that are coming up for me. And for you all to hold the mirror up and be like, no, that's, that's perfectly fine, if not amazing to say no, and to have to have that privilege, right, to to be able to say no to certain things that just don't that I keep saying that aren't in alignment or that I frankly don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a couple layers to it, right? Because on one hand, you know, you're an entrepreneur, and it's your your you just celebrated your one year anniversary, right? Or coming up on one year? Yeah, it's been a little over a year. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Congrats, by the way. So it's new. And a lot of folks, myself included, have felt like you take everything that you can when you're building a business almost indiscriminately. So so there's like that hustle culture of entrepreneurship. But then deeper down um, in some of our communities, we have not been taught how to say no or that it's okay to say no. Like it hasn't been safe to say no. So I, I talked to my mom about this conversation and, and I talk to her sometimes too about, you know, I remind her and remind myself that in my own career, I'm a tenured 
college educator, which means that I have job security, which means that I don't need to break my neck or my back to go above and beyond all of these extra things that are outside of the scope of what I'm expected to do in my role. But in private practice or things like that, it is more... I don't know, common maybe, or understandable or acceptable, or maybe not to do above and beyond so that you can be seen and be seen as this good worker, right? And I'm telling my mom, I don't have to, and because I'm telling her, but I'm telling myself, right? I don't have to do more than what is actually required of me if I don't want to. And she has, she's like, I was like, remember I'm tenured. She's like, okay, okay, but you don't trust the tenure process. Why is that? She's like, you're right. I don't because historically as black folks in the United States, the law wasn't there to protect us 30, 40, 50 years ago, not even necessarily that long ago. So she said, even in her career, even though she was tenured, she never felt that job security because that of the historical treatment of black folks not getting paid or being discharged from jobs and the law not being there to protect them. So there's this element that I haven't seen in my lifetime, but my mom has seen and her generation has seen that their advice is also saying no so you can rest. What? Like that's not secure. That's not safe, right? So what are what are some of like the cultural things that you have identified as as some of the reasons why it might be difficult or challenging for you also to say no? I have more, but I want to share. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I identify as Filipina American from, you know, Asian American family and my parents are from the Philippines. So I think generally speaking, there's this sense of you work hard all the time, right? There's not really a time for rest or it's not really something that one should seek out, right? So it's interesting as you were sharing about your mom and what she was sharing with you. Sometimes I'll be on the phone with my mom and she's like, you're not working today? And it's like a random Tuesday, right? And I'm like, yeah, I I decided not to work today. And she's like, really? Like, it's just, she's taken aback of the fact that I, one, can do this and two, that I'm taking that time for myself. Because both of my parents had the same jobs for 40, 50 plus years with the same company or school in the case of my mom. So it's just not even something that's fathomable, right? In terms of their own experience. So there's that layer to it. And then I think having grown up in American culture, which is often about the grind, capitalism, make the most money you can, right? Like just continue to, you know, just be in this system that we've been acculturated to and have just in some ways been brainwashed to believe that this is the way things have to be. Right. And so I have found myself, even when I do take those Tuesdays off, for example, I have to check in with myself, like, man, what's coming up for me, you know, because I have heard from my parents directly like, oh, don't be lazy, right? You're just laying around. Don't, what, what are you doing right now? You're just, you know, don't sleep in, like go ahead and do something with yourself, right? And so I, I didn't realize how deep that was until recently, right? Until I started my own business and now I can make the hours that I want or take on work that I want or not. And I think it's going to continue to be a learning lesson for me. I'm going to continue to develop in this space on saying no and being okay 
more and thriving in the rest uh, period and going again, being counterculture to what I would say many people in this culture and country tend to, to work, right? I, I think it's slowly changing, but I think that there's still this sense of you continue to grind, you continue to work long hours and continue to give back, you know, even if it's at the detriment of our own well-being. Yeah. Like what well-being? That's not, <laughs> that's not even a, con- a consideration. Like I remember my uncle, he is another one of those folks who worked for the same company for over 40 years. And when he retired, he, I don't remember the number of days, but he was like, I never took a day off, even when I was sick. And he was so proud about that. And I was like, wow, that's amazing, uncle. And also like, what? You know, but it, it was fueled by that fear, but also by that pride, right? Of never having taken a day off. But also, again, my mom, my uncle knew people that if they didn't show up, they were replaced, right? So that that fear is tangible. That thing about laziness that you mentioned, right? There's all kinds of stereotypes about lazy people of color, right? And about taking advantage or you don't really want to work. I think there's a whole thing about affirmative action. I think that's particular. You know, um, Black folks are the biggest like face of affirmative action, but actually white women benefited way more than any other group of people, minority group of people from affirmative action. But there's that sense of there's only room for one of you here, so you better not mess it up. Or like, wow, there's two of you in a department of 500? Man, you know, you feel like you're under all of this extra scrutiny. And then there's the sense of that we are lucky to be where we are, right? And so it's it's approaching an opportunity or receiving an opportunity from this place of humility, gratitude, almost like, oh my gosh, I'm so um, fortunate. I'm so lucky to have this as if we haven't earned the things that are coming our way. And I'm going to look up because I think Lupe put something like that in our group chat on Instagram. Shout out to Lupe. And I want to just like get the wording right on what the phrase was. But what do you think about that, that positioning of feeling like you're lucky to have an opportunity, right? Versus stepping into the power of knowing that you have earned this opportunity and every other one that is coming your way. Oh, that resonates a lot. I mean, I think that's where I was at right? In terms of the recent gig that I had turned down, I was feeling bad about saying no, because I, I've said no a couple of times already. And, you know, that's real. Like, it's real to think, oh, wow, I'm so lucky that I have the life that I have, or that I have built my business up or have built my career to be able to say no. And yet there is this sort of like, like why does this feel uncomfortable and and i loved what lupe said and i loved what you all again held up the mirror for me to say like you've worked hard for this right like this was not an overnight sensation that people are like knocking down my door and just out of nowhere i have to take the opportunity because it'll never come again and that's another thing i wanted to mention was i have continued to develop my own healing around scarcity mindset and my money story around take whatever is available to you because you never know like next year what if you don't get anything like what if you don't get offered anything and I have been stuck in that for many years and didn't realize it until you know 
I worked with you and other coaches in my life around this sense of, wait a second, that is not true. Like, and if I keep approaching business opportunities or partnerships from a scarcity mindset, then I will be very unhappy with my business moving forward because I will only be taking work thinking the next shoe is going to drop, right? So I have to take it. And it's just, it's not a good place to be in terms of, you know, always holding on to that. And again, this is not to blame my parents, but I think there is culturally a scarcity mindset with many immigrant families of, hey, look, we came to this country with not a lot. So anything that comes your way, you have to save and or take what comes to you because you just don't know what the future holds, right? Like, my parents left the Philippines because of martial law and because of everything that was happening within the government at that time with the Marcos regime and, you know, have suffered through wars, right? And so it makes sense that that is culturally, like, you know, a concern, right? And that scarcity is something that is a part of my culture, your culture, etc. And it doesn't have to continue to be that way for us. Yeah. So I found what Lupe said. She said, permission to be more than grateful, permission to be great. And I, I think that's like awesome, right? Because there's that positionality of gratefulness and we're conditioned to be grateful because, oh, you made it and so many people can't make it. How did, you know, all of that pressure that gets put on outside the community and also within the community. But to say, to, to go back to what you're saying about your parents and the scarcity mindset, my parents and the scarcity mindset, a lot of uh, groups in the scarcity mindset is that at some point, so this is moving into what do we do? How do we move forward? How do we check ourselves? And whenever I feel that loop coming up, I acknowledge that, oh, that's a piece of advice from my parents or that generation that served them, right? Showing up every day to work, telling my grandfather or someone telling my uncle to show up every day to work as a black man working in a predominantly white environment was good advice because they had known someone who would be fired if they missed work, even though they were sick, right? They didn't have the same protection laws. Discrimination was still very heavy. That was good advice back then. That advice is not applicable to this present day conversation. And so I think as we move forward and think about, okay, how do I want to get stronger in my no? How do I want to be great and not just grateful? It's really thinking about the thoughts that are running through our head, the messages, the voices that we hear, the mindsets that we have and thinking about, okay, where did this come from? How how come it's so hard to say no? Well, because I'm afraid that if I don't show up, I might not have a job. Where did that come from? Because someone in my family had that experience. Okay. Is this the same time? Are we in the same situation? Is this advice applicable to us the same way it was one or two or three generations ago? And chances are, it's probably not, which is why following that advice leads to Catholic guilt and burnout, right? Because it's not applicable in the same way that it was before. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast and thanks for letting me interrupt you for just a second. I want to tell you about my new quick, easy download for you called the Build Wealth Roadmap. Now, I've taken my years of experience as an attorney, as a business coach, and as an entrepreneur, and just my life experience in general, and broken down the steps that you need to take to actually use your business to build wealth. 
I want you to know where you're trying to go and more importantly, how you were going to get there. So go ahead and go to transcendthemembership.com slash roadmap and download my free wealth building roadmap guide for how you can use your business to build wealth and also just that life freedom that we're all striving for. So head on over to transcendthemembership.com slash roadmap and get your roadmap today. So as you're talking about developing healing and practices, what are some of the things that you've been able to come up with to help you move from that position of feeling like it's hard to say no and into a place that feels more empowered to say no? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I have really adopted is this saying of when I say no, I'm powerfully saying yes to something that's more in alignment with what I want to be doing, how I want to spend my time, where I want to put my energy towards. And so for me, it's okay, if I say no to this opportunity or this gig or whatever is presented in front of me, what am I going to say yes to? Or what do I want to say yes to instead? And so that was a powerful reframe for me, because it's like, hey, I'm not going to be saying no to every opportunity, but I'm just going to be saying yes to things that I'm actually excited about and that are serving the folks that I want to serve, or it's a type of uh, opportunity that fires me up versus my reaction. And I've been really paying attention to my body's reaction when I make certain decisions or how things land, because our brains will tell us all day, like, oh, you should take this, right? Like, this is an opportunity that won't come across uh, your table again. But if I know if I'm feeling like my heart racing, or if I'm my gut is telling me like, this just doesn't feel right. I listen to that now. So it's being attuned with my own body wisdom and my own intuition in these types of situations. And, you know, just goes to show when I said no to that previous offer, Literally, right? The next day, I think I told you, by the way, a colleague out of nowhere reached out to me on LinkedIn and not only offered me another opportunity, but offered me two opportunities in one phone call, right? Like, I did not expect that. So the other thing I would say, if people resonate with this, is trusting that the universe, spirit, God, however you want to label this greater good always has my back. Mm-hmm. And, and I am just going to trust that when I say no to something, something even better is going to come through my door, my, my virtual door, <laughs> and let me know that this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. So it's a it's a check in within myself. It's a check in within the universe or this this greater power and just trusting and having faith that, you know, Again, things happen for a reason and there's there's some agency and power that I have within myself to say no and to and to be really clear on when things don't feel right or when you're not fired up about it for whatever reason to listen to that. Yeah, yeah. And that's still something to be completely honest that I struggle with. I got an email today or I read the email today from uh, some folks who just moved to California. They have a business and they want to connect with the business attorney. Okay. And they want to create more contracts for their business. And I don't enjoy creating contracts. 
I don't mind reviewing them. I like reviewing them and negotiating on them and stuff like that. I don't want to be, I don't really enjoy drafting them, right? And so what happens is an opportunity comes across my email and I go, "Mm, I should do this. This won't take that much time. It's an opportunity to make money, which you want more of. You should do this. It makes logical sense. And then if I don't listen to my body when I'm like, uh, another contract, right? Or, you know, whatever, having some kind of response, then inevitably later on, it takes me forever to do the work because I don't want to do it. I am dragging my feet, getting revisions to the client. I am like, I procrastinate and it's never nearly as bad as I think it's going to be when I just sit down and do it. But it's all of those things that are signs to me, which too little, too late sometimes because I've already signed up that I really don't want to do this. I just don't want to do it. But I really fight with my, my logical brain really fights with my, uh, I guess, emotional brain or my body. And I don't honor enough the feelings or that initial desire that I don't want to do it. And it goes back to some of the same things that you said earlier about, well, it's a good opportunity. Or are you just being lazy? Do you, I heard I, even as an adult, like a year ago, a couple years ago now, my dad had said to me, he was like, yeah, this reminds me of you in middle school. You know, you just didn't want to work hard. I'm like, I'm 36 years old at this point, right? I'm one of the, I had to really think about it because it hurt my feelings so bad. One, that it was this thing back to middle school, but two, that I'm also one of the the hardest working people that I know. And I had to really think about it because there's still this voice in my head that oftentimes comes up, well, you just don't want to work hard, which is what makes saying no hard. And I have to remind myself, that's not actually my voice. That's somebody else's voice. It got stuck in there from childhood. You can remove that voice and put something else in there. But that part that you were talking about, about listening to your body, that body wisdom. And if you're not totally in tune, think about, you know, you can close your eyes and take a deep breath and think about what it feels like to not want to do something. And like, does it create like butterflies in your stomach? Does it create knots in your stomach? Did your heart start to re- beat faster? Get familiar with that. So when you feel that feeling again, that's your body telling you no. And if that's hard to tap into, do the opposite. Think about what it's like when you're excited for an opportunity. What is it like when you get ready to go on a trip or when you get a client that you really want to meet with or when you finish a project, you're like, I know I nailed it. Memorize that feeling so that when someone comes to you with an opportunity or seeking an opportunity and those feelings and emotions come up in your body, now you recognize that as the green light that gives you permission to go ahead and move forward. Totally. Yeah, I think that's great advice because we have, we've all had those moments of when we've said yes and it feels really good and it feels right and we're excited about it. I know for myself, the speed at which I respond, right, is a lot different. I'm like, yes, I'm like, yeah, like I'm 100%. I want to learn more about this. I want to help. I want to be able to say yes to this. And yet there are these moments where that is not my response. And my body's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> or there's there's a holding back, there's a delay in my response, right? There's all of these convincing thoughts that I'm trying to tell myself, all the should, right? I mean, I know you've heard this and folks have heard this as well, but it's like, you shouldn't should all over yourself, right? It's just like, when the word should comes up, it's likely a don't do it, you know? Because for whatever reason, you're feeling this obligation to say yes. And 
you know, I, I think that's, that's really good advice to just think about those moments when, again, when are you excited to, you know, when have you said yes in the past? When have you been really engaged in certain projects or work that you've taken on and hold on to that and, and reflect on what is it about that experience? And that made me feel the way that I did. And how can I continue to tap into that? Whatever that is, I think that that will get us closer to saying yes to the things that we really love and want in our lives versus the obligatory yes. Even the way I just said that right now, I'm like, oh. The obligatory yes, blah, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's so true. And I think that's that's really good advice. And for anyone who's listening that is not in that place yet where you can be really choosy, like maybe you're just starting out or maybe you're transitioning and, and are taking work from um, you know another company or things like that, just make it your goal to really start to analyze what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to and start, you know, start small, but make it your end goal to only say yes to things that are really in alignment with who you are and with what you want to do, because life is so much better when we're in alignment. And I think as entrepreneurs, we have a lot more control. We have a lot more control over the work that we do than someone who's an employee. So, you know, what's the point of striking out on our own if we're going to be just as miserable (laughs) as we were, right? When we were working for somebody else, you have this unique opportunity to build the life that you want, how you want, when you want, where you want, and step into that full power. As Lupe said, permission to be great, not just grateful. So Annalyn, if folks are um, looking for coaching, I want you to be able to tell folks where they can find you and also the clientele that you are serving. So tell us a little bit about your coaching business. Yeah, so I have a one-to-one coaching business for now um, that might grow into a group coaching business as well. But I primarily serve women of color who really want to find that career freedom in their lives. And when I say that, I mean, what does work-life balance look like? How are you going after the type of role and job and assignments that really light you up instead of going for a particular job title, for example, and just having that sense of freedom and agency, not only in their careers, but also in all parts of their lives, right? So I often serve women who are stepping into a new leadership role at their work, as an example, or they're trying to transition and start a new career in a different industry. I find that the clients that seek me out do so. Yeah, one, because of my resume and like my work experience, but two, they really see themselves in me, right? And I see myself in them. So there's this reciprocity of, you know, energy exchange, cultural uh, nuances that maybe, you know, a different coach may not necessarily have, right? And it really, it really lights me up to serve those women and like BIPOC entrepreneurs or folks who are just trying to make a shift in their lives and maybe have had some fear and trepidation in doing that. 
And so, yeah, so that's part of what I do along with creating leadership development experiences and workshops for different types of leaders, but again, primarily for BIPOC communities in different companies and organizations. Yeah. Oh, and where people can find me. So um, I'm on I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Grounded in Wisdom. So that's my company's name. If you want to check me out on my website, it's groundedinwisdom.co. Or you could look me up on LinkedIn at Annalyn Cruz. There you go. So one of the beauties of working with coaches, uh, no matter what the stated goals or the outcome is, is that most coaches would be able to help you see your own thoughts, right? And so when we were coming up, that was how this podcast even happened because we were talking about saying no. And then some of us in the group mirrored for Annalyn what was going on in her head and made her say some things back to us if she were coaching us in the situation and she was able to see her own thoughts in that way. So definitely, if you're looking to make a career move or just change some things around in your life, talk to Annalyn. If you are looking to use your business to build wealth, come and holla at me. You can find me on Instagram well at asha wilkerson esq or go to the transcendthemembership.com and check me out over there thank you annalyn so much for this conversation i truly appreciate your time and your grounded wisdom <laughs> thank you and i i just want to do a shout out for you asha and the transcend program it's been such an amazing community and resource for me particularly in my first year of running a business, not having come from an entrepreneurial background or, or family that has done this. And so a lot of my learning and development has been through this space and working with you and getting to know you through this experience. So I just want to say thank you for all that you've done for me and for the entire Transcend community and for other folks who are thinking about working with Asha, do it. That's all I say, like sign up and you won't regret it. Thank you. Thank you, Annalyn. I appreciate you so much. That's exactly why I have created this space because we all have a right to uh, thrive and I want to be able to support us through those transitions. So thank you for jumping in and for being a two-time all-star guest on this podcast. What, what? All right. No problem. We will talk to y'all later. Ciao, ciao. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast and I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me and that's through joining my email newsletter. So please head on over to thewilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter and join the list. I will tell you everything over there from what my offerings are to bits and pieces of information about how to grow and scale your business to self-coaching all the way to giving you updates on what the new podcast episode is. So don't hesitate. Go do it now. Thewilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter. Thanks.